Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for March 12th, 2023, year A, the third Sunday in Lent. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, are you awake? You here? What, what's going on with you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Still a little bit of the allergies I hear. Yeah, I thought it was a lot better than this, but I took a slurpic tea and nope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's right. It is the season for that uh, back and forth uh, uh, yeah. of, of uh, degrees that uh, just get us all for like a month and a half. It's Still crazy. waiting for the Claritin to kick in this morning, I guess. <laughs> oh, it, 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 well, I guess it's Claritin, so it doesn't it, it doesn't kick in as, as much as some no. other medications where it's like, and now we're going a little slower. Not at all. Trying to stay awake. Um yeah, so we're, uh, we're 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 moving along here in Lent. Uh, uh, as this podcast is being released, we just finished our uh, monthly uh, uh, thirty-three and a third awesomeness. Uh, yes, yes, it was amazing. We are we are. I will admit we're we're pre-recording <laughs> this because uh, I have to travel and I that, that I don't get to <laughs> right. <laughs> well, if that makes you feel any better. I am going to. I mean, it's it's a tropical Oklahoma city. It does make me feel better. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Oh, a little bit of shade, to OKC. All right, all right, I get it. They're another place with good barbecue, though, aren't they? There, yeah, they are. Yeah, there. I hundred percent. I've been to Oklahoma City actually many, many times because it's a, a easy stopping place on the way driving to and from California to visit family. Oh, okay. So you, you go that that uh, go through around. that way as opposed to uh, way south through Texas. Got it. Do Texas as well. Oh, you go through Texas as well. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, only the Panhandle. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we're we're pre-recording this a little bit. So what all, you know, calendar-wise, what do we got coming up? Like I said, we just finished uh, thirty-three and a third. We would have just uh, finished game night. Um, what else do we have on the calendar? We have some some. Um, well, we still have the ongoing every Wednesday evening. Out- Ashes to Alleluia. Okay. Soup mm-hmm. Supper. And let's see. What's a, a Lenten walk uh, on Lenten Saturday. Lenten walk on Saturday. And those those are the major parish events. There are various mm-hmm. committees and study groups and such that meet. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a full calendar, but not everything for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Reminder that... <clears throat> 9 a.m. on Sundays, uh, adult forums continuing to um, talk about prayers for everyday life, as mm-hmm. in when life is not easy. Gotcha. And okay. that has been a great, boy, we had a fantastic discussion on how we deal with death at the last one. That um, A couple of people said that was the most moving and in-depth discussion around death they'd ever had anywhere in their lives. Not just wow. Church. Yeah. Wow. So it's a good, it, it's a great place to just step in and whether you want to talk or listen, everyone's welcome. Even if you haven't been there before 9 a.m. on Sundays. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, well, uh, since you mentioned uh, having a good conversation about death, let's go to this day in church history, <laughs> which apparently is chock full of those. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we've mentioned before on the podcast that oftentimes historical markers uh, for, for for us in the church 
often are uh, uh, martyrdoms, martyr, martyrdoms, or, or, or uh, end of life uh, celebration yeah. kind of a thing. So, uh, four seventeen is our first entry, and that's the death of Pope Innocent the First, who acted in international affairs such as excommunicating Pelagius. Uh, uh, Pelagius uh, did I say that right? You're a little off, but I can't say Pelagius. It Pelagius. It's a uh, go on. <laughs> I almost said Pegasus, so I'm doing a way better than... Uh, yeah, so I know which word you're trying to say. <laughs> uh, uh, so he excommunicated uh, Pelagius, uh, defending Jerome and negotiating with barbarians. Which is a big deal back then. Yeah, yeah. Was, barbarians were... talking pillaging going on. Yeah, exactly. Um, a couple hundred years later, in 604, we see the death of another pope, Pope Gregory the Great, known for his dialogues... Uh, with a capital D. Uh, yeah, it was, that's some good book there. Some good book. <laughs> good reading. Uh, his teachings, his revision of the worship service, and the promulgation of Gregorian chant, as well as the evangelization of England. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's he's a good guy. Was. Well. Well, I suppose it depends on. In the communion of saints. There you is. go. There you go. And that conversation around death that we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so in 1022, um, I can't pronounce the name of the city, but death uh, at a city which is across the Bosphorus uh, from Constantinople of Simeon, uh, it, it gives him the title, The New Theologian. I'm going to reread this the way that it's written so that you can see how like crazy um, uh, where my mind might have gone. Uh, death of Simeon, the new theologian of dysentery after 13 years of exile. They threw of dysentery in there right after his title of new theologian. And my first reading was like, he's a theologian of dysentery? Oh, no, he died of dysentery. Okay, okay. Oh, I thought that was where it was from. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. So, uh, um, talk about the worst neighborhood. <laughs> I grew up in dysentery. Oh, oh. Hope uh, got better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so he died of dysentery, uh, Simon, the, the new theologian. Uh, after 13 years of exile, he emphasized the importance of experiencing directly the grace of God and described his own mystical experience with, quote, unquote, divine light. Although contemporary church authorities had condemned his teachings, later generations in the Eastern Orthodox Church will declare him a saint and honor him with the rare title, theologian. And that actually is a rare title. Why is that a rare title? Well, because we don't want to bandy it about loosely. Okay, yeah. I mean, and, and, I mean, more seriously, we're, for the most part, Christians are very humble about saying, yeah, this is... This guy who just died gave the best teaching ever. Hmm. They know it takes time to really see if the theology will stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. And so there are certain titles that people only get years after they died to see if, yeah, it did pan out. Gotcha. And see, so like I, I doctor, can see where theologian would the, be one of them. Yeah, yeah, doctor of the church is a similar one. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 1622, Gregory the 15th. Issues the bull Deceit Romanum Pontificum, Pontificum uh, which regulates the ceremonial uh, aspect uh, for papal elections and introduces the secret vote. Uh, <laughs> it is the second bull pope, uh, the second bull the pope has issued it to bring 
order to and break deadlocks in papal elections. The same title had also been used for a bull excommunicating Luther. Remind me, what's a bull? It, it's a, a pope's proclamation. Okay. That um, What a weird word to use for that. Yeah. And I don't know if I've ever known why it was used. Um, it's It has a certain level of authority mm -hmm. and is used carefully. Maybe that's the word I want. Um, so it's not... One of, <clears throat> one of the things that's hard for even Catholics to understand is not everything that a pope says carries the the mark of infallibility. The, mm -hmm. the declaration itself has to actually say, this is coming from da 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 da, -da and certain formula, and they go, oh, the pope thinks this one's infallible then. Rarely, rarely used. Okay. So a couple notches below that is a bolt. Okay. okay. So it's a pay attention, but you don't go to hell if you don't follow it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, this year uh, or this day in uh, church history, Gregory the 15th issues uh, directions that uh, it seemingly um, uh, are still in use today for, for papal election. They, they keep, understandably, because so much time's passed, and they keep evolving in part because life changes. So one of the things that um, has shifted a little bit is who gets, who actually gets to vote. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's still only Cardinals, but what, now that Cardinals can live you know, into their nineties or theoretically beyond mm -hmm. with modern science, there are various, various restrictions that do cut off as to how long that vote is good so that the church can keep evolving rather than being stuck a hundred years in the past. Right. right. Or more. <laughs> right. Right. Says the Episcopalian. Uh, 1734 Protestant refugees from the Catholic city of Salzburg land in Georgia, where five days later they will found the town of Ebenezer. <laughs> so leave it, leave it to Protestants to name it. Ebenezer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 1908, J. Wilbur Chapman and Charles Alexander attempt citywide evangeliz evangelization of Philadelphia, dividing the city into 42 districts, sending an evangelist, uh, evangelist, sorry, yeah, evangelist dash musician team to each. The result is about 8,000 conversions. So, uh, people love a good song. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Um, uh, we see, let's see here, uh, 19... Okay, I just got to say. Yeah. We always, even today, take such, you know, 8,000, take those numbers with a grain of salt. Mm. But when you look back to that era, it's hard to imagine there were even 8,000 atheists in Philadelphia. So it probably was yeah. more they joined their church. Right. And left another church. Right, 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 right. Mm. Not, not full conversions to a brand new faith. Right. But... Tweaks to yeah. existing faiths. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, 1950, Pope Pius XII issues a, an encyclical for, quote, for combating atheistic propaganda throughout the world. Anti-communist. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, which when, makes sense for the time, 1950. Yeah. yeah um, that was when the world was very scared that um, both so the Soviet Union, once again Russia, mm -hmm. and mainland China were going to be the new Nazis mm -hmm. and take over the world. Yep. Uh, Which is, 
And it's interesting because uh, Pope Pius did not issue such proclamations against the Nazis. <laughs> Hopefully he had learned his lesson. I don't know. Where was he from originally? <laughs> Italy. Okay. Where? Where? And yeah. One of the a little bit of an like, alignment going on there. Yeah. Well, and we forget that Mussolini actually became a world internationally recognized fascist leader before Hitler did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so a lot of people say Pius was very frightened, literally for his own survival, let alone the survival of the Vatican, the Roman church. So that's why he didn't come down hard on the fascists. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, and then uh, lastly, in the year 2000, Pope John Paul II asked God's forgiveness for the sins of Roman Catholics throughout the ages including wrongs inflicted on Jews, women, and minorities. That was neat. Yeah. So, um, there, the authority for that date is a uh, an article from The Guardian, actually. Oh, uh, I respect which, them. Which is called, Pope Says Sorry for Sins of Church. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's easy to understand. <laughs> I, I suppose it is. <laughs> and there certainly, uh, you know, beguiles the, 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 the gravitas of what is actually yeah. said in the in in there but like hey he said sorry well and it, it was and yeah i mean that's coming from an anglican country from <laughs> England. Excuse um, me. it's like well you still haven't said sorry for x y and z <laughs> okay we'll take we'll take the blanket one yeah yeah exactly and there were a lot of conservative roman catholics who thought that was a grievous mistake mm. yeah to this day but yeah yeah but icky well, on them saying Saying sorry is a sign of weakness, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, that's that concludes uh, this Pope-filled uh, yeah, really day <laughs> of uh, church history. Uh, let's move on to our first reading of, of the, uh, the the week of the Sunday. Which will not have a Pope in. Which will... Uh, well, I mean, we're checking. We're checking. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Exodus, excuse me, bless you. Thank you. Uh, Exodus chapter 17, verse 1 through 7 is our first reading. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidium, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill, to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb, Strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, "It is the is the Lord among us or not?" Um, contextually, in the story, you know, um, as you think back about the plight of the Israelites up to this point. Um, complaining that there's no water to drink, I think, is valid. Oh, yeah. Wondering whether or not the Lord, your God, has abandoned you, I think, is also valid. Yeah. Because up to this point, they had 
some really strong signs story-wise like they they you know there were all the plagues on 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 egypt there right. was the uh, parting of the nile yep. there were was the the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day uh so the I fact that, that they, one was still going on it's still going on yeah so the fact that they get to some place and there's no water to drink is like um i'm sorry have we done something have you done something wrong right. moses have you like <laughs> do you turn off the gps guidance <laughs> right exactly um i mean the story generally gets interpreted as like man these israelites just nothing pleases them but you know the wording is also uh, from a very specific point of view, <laughs> and I could understand uh, there being a, a large amount of concern and grumbling of like uh, maybe it's me reading between the line or just uh, or uh, lines here or just uh, wanting to find a new angle <laughs> uh, for for interpretation here. But like, it, yeah, if I'm an Israelite, I I would feel very much not in control throughout this process right and when those when there seems to be a drying up of uh, signs and miracles and some real life threatening concerns what no water is bad uh, <laughs> yeah. uh i would probably go to the only person that i think has any control over the situation which is moses mm -hmm. so uh in a way you know Again, I think perfect sense. Yeah, uh, I, I I know that a lot of times that this uh, th these passages in Exodus are at least uh, used to um, kind of as a bludgeoning tool of the Israelites. <laughs> like, see how dumb they are. See how faithless they are. See how you know. Well, but in this in this one, you know, this isn't the golden calf. So in, in this one, I'm kind of like eh, kind of with them a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, and. I just, yeah, I'll just say it. I love Exodus. Because yeah. Because it is. Were you afraid to say such a thing? Yeah, I'm Episcopalian for that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it depicts people accurately. Mm -hmm. This is not the stained glass window version of God and the people. In right. Inst <laughs> instead, it's. I would actually love to see this as the stained glass windows, like a, like a halo above Moses, but like a frightened look on his face, like they're going to kill me. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and a uh, beautiful rose colored And the guy, you know, the crowd, the people in the back picking up rocks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like it. Um, it won't be the, you know, it won't be the most beautiful uh, church uh, stained glass fresco a, I've ever seen, but it'd be hard to get it. Get someone to donate it, donate towards it as a memorial. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting out my wallet right now. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have one stained glass window in this church, and it's going to be the people trying to stone so Moses. Just... <laughs> but then they got better. Do the Monty Python quote. From right. Me. And we got better. Um, but my point is that too often we, as current humans, and current seekers after God, you know, discount any negative emotion towards God mm, mm -hmm. and say, oh, I must be a person of little faith. Right. Um, but it, I love verse seven, um, where the place is named um, 
basically, is the Lord among us or not? Oh, is that what Masa and Meribah means? Kind of, yeah. Because I had I had actually assumed uh, that the translation was quarreled and tested. Yeah, with uh, putting those together, uh-huh. it's, is God with us or not? Gotcha. Okay. I mean, that, yeah, those, you have the literal translation correct, put them together, the meaning is gotcha. that closing, those closing words. Um, and that's a legitimate question in anyone's life at any moment. And God doesn't go, oh, you've hurt my delicate feelings until you get over that. We're not talking. Right. Um, yeah, the, 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 you know, yeah, the, the, the God's chosen people, uh, elevate a, a valid concern to their leader mm-hmm. who then elevates it, uh, to, uh, his, uh, um, uh, you know, creator, yeah. <laughs> benevolent yeah. creator, confidant, uh, and, uh, and the person who put him in charge. Yeah. And or the entity and yeah. the people <clears throat> get what they need. The response isn't yeah. you fickle, wicked group of people. I'm going to find a different group. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you know, uh, this wasn't the reason they wandered for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> Not this one. Um, this, this was still, you know, th- this was a, a, a valid complaint, uh, yeah. going through the hierarchy, you know, filtering up through the hierarchy and being addressed and responded to appropriately. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a certain amount of implied that God said, yeah, okay, you need water. Here's what we'll do. Moses, um, take some elders and take the staff and hit the rock and everything will be fine. Um, and and God made sure there'd be witnesses there. Yeah. So it wouldn't just be Moses wandering around. Poking. I found water. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's clear where the water, you know, who's the source of the water. It's God. Right. Um, so it's God's way of, of replying to the people in a <clears throat> relatively clear way. There could still be people that say, yeah, among those uh, the wanderers, who could still say, oh, that wasn't really from God. That was Moses hitting the rock hard enough. Right. Um, Which it, is not how water generally works. Right. But <laughs> if you just strike the rock hard enough, you can get the water out of it. <laughs> but. <laughs> um, yeah. Though I've, I have read um, repudiations mm. of the Bible that said, oh, you know, everyone knows, and this is true, that rocks in the desert, especially rocks, hold more moisture than the ground. Uh, which, yeah, and yeah. Which is why you see seedlings of trees growing out of rocks. Right. Um, but it wouldn't be enough. To Not fill enough a to canteen. drink. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It would be damp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could plant a seed there that might grow, mm-hmm. but yeah, it wouldn't be enough to feed this. Huge number of people. Right. Well, and of course, we also have to uh, remember that the book of Exodus is a later written yeah. uh, account of verbal tradition. Yeah. So, um, you know, we get into this, you know, fun sometimes uh, for some blasphemous discussion as to whether or not these occurrence occurrences actually happened or if they happened exactly the way they were right. written. Um, uh, 
because, you know, generations later explaining what happened. Hey, dad, tell me that yeah. story again of what happened to our ancestors. And like, oh, let me tell you this one time, you know, uh, yeah. and, and, and uh, you know, one can imagine all aspects of the story then being kind of up for debate and discussion as to, you know, uh, well, cause which I, parts actually happened. But the main focus of this is, you know, this story is to teach you. This is a, you know, the communication is a two-way street. And, mm -hmm. and you know, the Israelites being chosen for this are still being guided and cared for even when it seems like they're not. Yes. And the one true God does not have to be appeased. Right. Because that was still, I think it's still now a common theology in many different religions because people think, well, if I were God, I'd want to be appeased. So. Right. The one true God surely must need a yeah, piece. Yeah, we'll notice that there's no, you know, having of a, you know, two young doves and a, you know, smoldering pot passing between them and then water gushing forth. Right. Yeah, there's no, there's no sacrificial yeah. aspect to this story as opposed to many others. Yeah. And in, you know, the religions around Israel in ancient times, the, you know, just think of the Roman and Greek temples and the Babylonian mm -hmm. temples and stuff where... The the big task was to appease the gods, yeah, to make your life go well. And here it's just be honest with God, right? Yeah, it, it, um, one could also easily imagine that if they they wanted to change the the purpose of the story uh, from from a oral tradition to a written tradition, it, it, they've got a good option here. Uh, uh, they they do mention that he takes the the staff with which he struck the Nile. It would be kind of a uh, um, terrifying but funny uh uh <laughs> alteration for it to be like and he struck the rock and the actual nile yes. poured out <laughs> and drowned half the people right <laughs> well you wanted water <clears throat> have some water baby <laughs> well and part of the fun of it i want to make sure i have this right where's my greek i'm hebrew um Okay, I'll just start talking, and I may be wrong by the time I look it up. Um, he didn't strike the Nile. That's the wrong that's body of water. That, yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Nile is the Hebrew. Huh. Um, I wonder why. Uh, why? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess, I, I mean, he... I mean, he parted the Reed Sea or the Red Sea, depending right. on how you translate, just not, not to leave anyone hanging. Right. And he would have, and, and at some point in time, I mean, he was in the area of the Nile. Well, yeah, he grew up there. So uh, one would assume that his staff was with him at some point in time when he was... Yeah, and I'm sure that's how... It probably touched the Nile. So someone who needs to save this story <clears throat> as a historical account probably would go there. Mm -hmm. But um, it's also possible that, and I think even more probable, that as it was being transmitted from adult to child, parent to child, and all through the generations, more people knew of the Nile than of the Reed Sea. Mm -hmm. And so it just became that. Huh. Or, or, or is it possible that there is a, a lost story in between? That's another theory. Yeah. Mm. Um, quick question before we move 
on, uh, I did notice at the top of the reading um, the, the the phrase from the wilderness of sin with a capital S. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure. I mean, obviously, capitalization is uh, proper a, a, a later, uh, you know, oh, yeah. A, yeah. an interpretation on our part. Uh, that it is a proper noun, but like, uh, what do we? What what about the wilderness of sin? What is, what does that get a? Oh, there it is. Proper noun uh, um, moniker here. Yeah, um, it is. It was a town in eastern Egypt. Huh. And therefore, the tract of wilderness between Elim and Sinai was given that that name okay okay interesting um it has nothing to do with the concept of sin. the concept of sin sadly <laughs> well i know yeah we, we we like things to be tied up in a nice yeah. nice tidy bow and like oh yeah we can just call the town of sin because they were sinful yeah they were the most sinful ever and i'm sure this coming sunday there'll be sermons preached along those lines but <laughs> yeah it's simply not, not not the case but i can't i can't talk i can't have it both ways if we're saying this story is metaphorical it's quite possible that that's why it, it's there for us today mm, yeah and so that english speakers for whom this is trans is sin and we have an english word that means being separated from god it all makes sense yeah whereas in hebrew it doesn't have anything to do at whatsoever with separation from God. It's simply a place name. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, anything else about this reading? Not at this point. Um, we'll see what comes up Sunday. There you go. <laughs> uh, our psalm for the day is Psalm 95. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountain are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and the dry land which his hands have formed. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. O oh, that today you would listen to his voice. Do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your ancestors tested me and put me to the roof or to the proof, though they hadn't seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not regard my ways. Therefore, in my anger I swore they shall not enter my rest. Uh bit of a turn. <laughs> on this one yeah uh also the narrator changes yeah um uh, and in in which is interesting so like the first so so do we have any historical context about this because i i'm, I'm curious as to why we have one person you know one you know quote unquote person uh speaking versus one through seven and then seemingly it switches to God. It's one theory is that it was two different psalms put together. Okay. Um, yeah, because we do we do have this constant kind of like a almost yin and yang approach to 
Hebrew writing, right? right. Like, like, uh, you know, oh, you know, you can't have all this beautiful, flowery, praising language without a little bit of like, you know, how wicked you are <laughs> <laughs> or, or something. Um, because unlike uh, what we just discussed about the first reading, uh, verses eight through 11 do take the interpretation of you know, uh, because the Israelites grumbled, they deserve some punishment and, and, uh, should be chastised for this. And how dare they? And, um, right. That God was angry, which was not the, you know, strictly speaking, not the vibe that you get from what's actually written. Yeah. And in throughout the Hebrew scriptures, there's an argument that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, from the the voices of those scriptures where for some the 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 exodus the time the 40 years of going through the wilderness was a was the best time because god was so present um, omnipresent so clearly like you, you said a few minutes ago the pillar of flame the cloud for others though for other interpreters of it they look back and say that our ancestors were so disobedient, they were stuck out in the desert for 40 years. Yeah. If they had only been more obedient, you know, they could have gotten here in a week or however long it would have been. Right. So this actually reflects almost within the single psalm, both perspectives. Yeah. And since psalms were um, living texts that were modified through as they were used in worship and all it is quite possible that worship leaders wanted to have both voices within the same psalm during a Hmm. during a certain kind of worship which which makes sense it makes sense that there would be a bifurcated response to that experience um it's it like we'd like to we'd like to think that if we were so uh um so chosen to experience the presence of god that we you would you know the the modern mindset is that you would you know you would be it would be inescapable awe yeah and wonder and you know uh rejoicing because it's it, it the the you know everything is is about god is undeniable uh but the reality of it is human experience is widely open for interpretation yeah (laughs) and it's so easy for us to imagine you if you were to pluck a couple thousand people out of society the existence in society and put them into this story after 40 years what do you get (laughs) you're gonna get some people who are who absolutely were like I love the wilderness and I, it was, you know, the, the, the morning dew and I, not that much for food. So the manna every day wasn't that big of a deal. And then you're going to have other people who are like, we had like nothing to eat. It was so boring. There was nothing to do. 40 years. I wasted. I, you know, was he there? Yeah, he was there, but so what? (laughs) I wanted that land of, you know, flowing with milk and honey. I wanted the the, the lavish life or I wanted to, you know, I wanted yeah. to not worry where, you know, whether I was going to survive day to day. I I'm wanted not, to be in control. Yeah, I wanted to be, I want to be in control. I I'm, I'm not one for, you know, 
what's the uh, Bear Grylls uh, uh, surviving the wilderness uh, TV show that, that he does, especially like uh, with like uh, celebrities. Isn't there one with like celebrities? But anyways, like yeah. some people are like, that was really fun. And other people were like, I hate it. <laughs> I hated it so much. <laughs> Well, this this is probably not a great example, but maybe it's accessible. Is roller coasters? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, some, some people are like, "That's the best thing ever," and other people are like, "Why are you trying to kill me?" Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's go bungee jumping or skydiving. No, <laughs> no, you're insane. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I'm gonna stay at home on the couch and watch Netflix. Or you know, the airplane goes up. Mm -hmm. We can see lots of cool stuff through the windows, and then it safely comes down again. That's what I'll do. Right. You want to jump out halfway through. Right. Or even just the simple act of taking a plane. Yeah. Like Some people who are like, uh, I will do it if it's like life, yeah. you know, threateningly necessary. Uh, uh, there are other people who are like, I can't wait. It, you know, it represents travel and going someplace yeah. new. And then there are other people who are like, me. Yeah. It's. You know, I had to sit there for two hours and it's boring. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, the, the range is there no matter how, and you know, objectively a wondrous occurrence, like a roller coaster or taking a plane, doing something that you yourself as an individual human being cannot accomplish. Right. You know? Uh, well, and that's the biggest, when I talk to people about fears of flying, a lot of it, they will readily admit is because they are not the pilot. Right. That is, and some of these folks are pilots. Um, and that's one of the ongoing stories of the 40 years in the wilderness is the, you are not the pilot. Moses, you're not the pilot. No one else is the pilot except God. Mm -hmm. And even after 40 years, they still hadn't made peace with that. Right. Yeah, and 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 this psalm was written well after that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and still, <laughs> yeah, you know, the ancestors of the ancestors on down the ages still have not made peace of that. That's right. You know, I had stories from my great 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 grandpa, and he hated it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. All right. Um, but yeah, it, it it's it, um, it is it interesting that that almost you know on a dime switch there for for the for the psalm um you know well, and come I, let us sing praises and you know joyous and like don't harden your hearts like you did in the wilderness by the way <laughs> <laughs> when your ancestors tested me you're like oh god you you got you you got invited to the <laughs> well I think... we were just singing your praises actually <laughs> <laughs> funnily enough funnily enough <laughs> did you hear that part <laughs> well in that in verse 7 is this beautiful transition. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would listen to his voice. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> is this the same group of people who tested and quarreled with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it provides that, okay, we as humans will sing God's praises and we'll be yelling at the guy in the parking lot right after church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and God is very aware of that. Yeah. In, in a way we almost put a human quality on God here in this, uh, in this Psalm, mm -hmm. um, which uh, kind of seems a little out of place in a way. 
Um, well, but this is, I mean, it's art. So, so right. And some people will need some this. people like the angry God. <laughs> Actually, yeah, well, maybe it, yeah, he, he says, therefore, in my anger, I swore. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Definitely I, angry guy here. This is more appeased. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Angered, though. Still. Yeah. I'm, still a I'm very human emotion. It. Yeah. And it is. <clears throat> I'm just thinking that this may... Sometimes we have to put human qualities on God it, so that we'll begin to have some sense of what's real about God. Mm. Um, and some of it is that... God never wants to destroy us, but God's not always, oh, whatever you do is fine, children. Yeah, that's true. You know, hit true, each true, other true. with baseball bats till one of you dies. That's so sweet and creative. Right. <laughs> no. He's not the laissez he's not exactly the laissez faire hippie uh, right. uh, uh, uh you know, child raising kind right. of a, kind of a dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> got it. Got it, got it, got it. Uh well uh for the you know at, at the fear of running out of time yeah. let's move on because our gospel reading for the day is uh, aside from maybe the passion reading at <laughs> easter is the longest reading we like i i have a memory of having to get through here uh so it john is, yeah. chapter 4 verse 5 through 42 so a long one and again like last week this is near the very beginning of john's gospel yes Early, early on. Yeah. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it, was, who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and his with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband, and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to her, Sir, said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You will worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. 
God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do, not, do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I had ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you have you said that we believe, for we have heard ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. Um, continuing from last week's reading uh, Nicodemus. with Nicodemus, <clears throat> Jesus, in John's Gospel... In my personal, non-theologian opinion, makes things unnecessarily difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> again, we have this, um, just like with Nicodemus, with the uh, the the um, being born again conversation. Yeah. Um, we see this uh, opening. Uh, uh, it almost feels like uh, what, what later becomes a salvo, <laughs> like kind of a back and forth, uh, with the Samaritan woman about water. Yeah. Um, who, which seems unfair, right? Like Jesus goes into this conversation with seemingly a point that he wants to make. Right. And using, you know, a very common concept that the Samaritan woman has no chance of understanding right. what it is he's saying. Like, you know, yeah. Oh, no, no I mean, I'm living water. I mean, the re I mean, good, like real good water, <laughs> not this water. I'm sorry. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Number one, I mean, like you have this, this social context of number one, why are you talking to me? This yeah. is very abnormal. Uh, even though, you know, 30,000 foot view level, you know, the modern day Christians look at this scenario and should go, actually, you guys should be talking to each other. You're <laughs> of the same ancestry, but that's fine. <laughs> well, but there are two problems. Okay. One is, yeah, she's a Samaritan, which after the exile, returned from the exile, Samaritans and people gone into exile were really separated from each other. Sure, sure. And she was a woman. 
Right, right, right. De- definitely, so, yeah. But I mean, like, like I said, thirty thousand foot view level. You're the same. This is the same ancestry. The 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 split occurs yeah. because of the exile. You were once the same people. I mean, it's it's not like oh, you're you're from way far away. <laughs> like you know, you're you're from one of those really weird foreign lands and totally different group of people. You're the you're you come from the same region. You're the same people at one point in time. Gosh, and. And what does that sound like today? I know, right? <laughs> right? So, yeah, you have that, and you have yeah. the fact that uh, as a man, he's speaking to a woman with no one else around, yeah. which would have been uh, socially big, big taboo. Yeah. Not just like, oh, what's he what right. doing talking to a woman? Uh, it's like no one was there, you know. Yeah. That's not, that's not okay. You know, that's big taboo. Um, but... <laughs> He's a little antagonistic in this exchange. <laughs> yes, you got it. Go call your husband. Oh, I don't have a husband. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> good. I mean, yeah, on pardon the pun, but good lord. <laughs> yeah, it, John is so odd. The gospel, right? Um, and again, as so often happens in the Gospel of John, it's. So who then later tells this story? Yeah. Um, you know, does it become part of the, does, does this woman become a Christian leader? And so people hear her experience. Right. Um, do people. Does Jesus recount this to his disciples? Like, right. let me tell you about what I said to this lady. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of, I was kind of a jerk. <laughs> if, 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 if we get blowback on it, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. This is what happened. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I give him this voice. This, this is not Jesus' voice at all. It's kind of like a gravelly New Yorker. I'm not sure why I'm doing it. Well, people think Jesus was a carpenter. Actually, he was a New York cab driver. Yeah, exactly. All right, where you want to go? Yeah. Where to? Which uh, was the whole, am whole going, problem I'm with the 40 years? I'm pretty sure I'm going to hell. Um, <laughs> mm. But yeah, and um, so we have, yeah, we we have so many things going yeah. into this story, in, into this series of stories, really. Yeah. Um, um, one could imagine that these stories could have been broken up to kind of match more of a traditional lectionary style where you're like oh yeah no this is the story of the samaritan woman and but really the story of the samaritan woman is all these verses because yeah we, we kind of have a little detour in the, in the in the tail end of it but then we kind of come back and do a close with you know people believing not just because of uh, uh, the samaritan woman's testimony but because she and in, in, she was the kind of the catalyst to draw more people to yeah hear Christ directly and so therefore they were able to hear for themselves and have their own uh, um, experience experience and beliefs and uh, and he gets to yell at them as to how many spouses <laughs> they have had over the years um well I want to say one thing about that that sure particularly modern Americans tend to not know about at this point in in the Samaritan Jewish <clears throat> world in their culture woman had no control over marriage or sexuality. Mm, okay. So it's not, in modern interpretation is, wow, Jesus even loved the sluts. Yeah. And 
No, it was this woman is a victim. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah. And nothing but victim. She had no choice about when a husband chose to divorce her. Mm-hmm. Had no choice really about when a guy wanted to marry her. Yeah. Her oldest male relative would have made that decision. And seemingly uh, the relationship she's in now, she doesn't even get the benefit of being quote unquote married. Yeah. Yeah. She's the paperwork has not been done by the dude. Yeah. Yeah. But it keeps her from starving. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Yeah. That, it is kind of lost uh, because like I said, with the, with the slight antagonistic tone, it, yeah. <laughs> it does kind of draw the reader into a, uh, the, the situation where, uh, we feel, we almost feel judgment yeah. against this woman. Yeah. Um, and that's not, that's not really what's going on. And I'm glad know. you said that because, you know, yeah. uh, um, uh, because yeah, that is, that is definitely, um, this is, uh, it starts off confusing, uh, because yes, of course, this is her definition of water. And yeah. not Jesus's definition, and it's not just any water; it's Jacob's well, right? Um, which yeah. makes it a, a you know a heritage site. Yeah, yeah. This is a much more compassionate interaction than the basic words would lead yeah. you to believe. You know, he is crossing a lot of divides here, mm-hmm. um, and it just doesn't feel that way uh, as you read the story initially. You're kind of like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, luckily she took it rightly, and 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 you know is you know she hung in there with yeah, her. leaving leaving her wicked ways is kind of like the way that you feel right. like about the story initially. That's not that's, not at all. Yeah, no, this is um this is this is a, a more of a compassion story. It's Much just more weirdly told. <laughs> well, and it's it's compassionate towards women. It's mm-hmm. compassionate towards Samaritans. Yeah. And so Jesus was kicking down two major walls. Yeah, and then and then also simultaneously attacking uh, kind of the 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 social structure. Yeah, <clears throat> that's going on here. Um, uh, what do we know? Yeah, and th- and then he does it again. By the way, uh, the 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 weird the weird thing of like, oh, the disciples came back and like, you should eat something. He's like, I eat on other things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The disciples get it too. Jesus, please <laughs> stop it with this like dual. Enough with the metaphors. Yeah, the metaphor is have just killing me. <laughs> Would you sit down and have rest? I have rest in the Lord. Like, oh my gosh, talking to you is impossible. <laughs> um, what do we what do we know about uh, these? parenthetical additions like parent parentheses again i've said this many times before punctuation not a part of the original writings so this is things that we have added in but we believe so strongly that this is an additive of some sort that we put parentheses in three different spots um and it's almost as though the writing of john was completed and then somebody like scrawled in little like side notes like (laughs) I know you don't know this, but this is the thing that yeah. he's, you know, a little context clue. Okay. Now I'm, I'm going to back out. I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. you know, all right, back to the story. Back to the story. Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, you know, a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. 
uh, his uh, disciples were, uh, were had gone to the city to buy some food. They were gone. There was no one there with him. He was all alone talking to a woman. Okay, continue. Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, and it is almost like this is the second or third draft. Yeah, and the the public readings beforehand, people kept raising their hands like, "Where were the disciples?" Okay, we'll put that in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, how is it that you, a Jew, ask of a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews, uh, Jews don't share things uh, with uh, Samaritans. Okay, okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Last one. Last one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Second and, to last one. I'll come back. And, <laughs> and that there's per- one more. <laughs> that particular one is not in all of the oldest copies of the Gospel of John we have in, okay. Greek, in Greek. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, there. Are, you know, that's one of those definite signs that. Um, Admittedly, lightweight editorial changes were being made. Yeah, I don't understand the third one. What's the third one? Uh, so the third one's in verse twenty-five. The woman said to him, "I know that Messiah is coming, uh, who is called Christ." <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Uh... I love how you do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, out there narrator for. For that edition, <laughs> it's it, it it is not attributed uh, to the woman, even though it easily could be. I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. Could could have been part of what she said. I, mean, I don't. Why is this an additive, or is it because well, it doesn't appear in Christ? Is the Greek? Oh, okay. And they pro- they were most likely speaking Aramaic. Okay. And Messiah, I don't know if. Off the top of my head, that's technically if it was the same oh, as between Aramaic, Aramaic and, and Hebrew, but Aramaic was very close to Hebrew, so I'm safe guessing. Okay, that this that the Christ part was for the sake of the Greek readers. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and one interesting thing while we're in that neighborhood, yes. Um, Jesus said to her, "I am He." Mm-hmm. The Greek is simply I am. Yeah. Ah. So that's a callback yep. to the story I am who of, I am. Yeah. Of God's self-title of yep. I am who I am. Right. Who sent you, Moses? I am sent me. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So I think it's sad that we add the he. And that, that's our English editorial. Uh, the more I ask you about the <laughs> translative changes, uh, the more I'm disappointed in us. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are more times. It's more times than not that I'm like, oh, that's not that great of a translation then. Or, oh, that's an outside motive. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Because it, it could have simply read, Jesus said to her, I am the one who is speaking to you. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Yeah. But at some point, someone said, oh, need a he on there. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, that, yeah, something like that could could uh, represent the uh, philosophy that uh, uh, of like, oh, no, we need we need to include more instances that identify him as human. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, bridging or creating that more of that argument of, you know, part human, part, you know, deity. And, and living in both worlds and to have this phrase, I am, 
you know, looking it at might the, be too gaudy. Yeah, looking at the tally on the board of how many <laughs> times go on which side of the camp. We need to even it out. Let's add yeah. the you know, just weird things like that. Where it's, yeah. Um, but then again, you know, it's a translative choice of an interpretation of a story of someone written that wrote it down years later anyways. So it also, you know, the base original version of it carries a bunch of interpretive choices. Right. Uh, anyways. So yeah. um, it's fascinating to me how, how much the meaning of some of these uh, verses cha have changed over time. Well, and part of the... In such weird, subtle ways, too. Yeah, and part of the challenge with John is, unlike Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there's not a lot of overlap mm -hmm. from John to Matthew and Luke. There's a little bit with Mark, but it does make it much harder to know the, the changes that might have taken place in the narrative or the words of Jesus through the years. Yeah. Um, anything else about this verse or the verse, this, uh, this, this chat, you know, yeah, this, <laughs> you know, thesis here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's so much, but we only have so much time in the morning. Right. Well, I have no bucket and the well is deep. So we will call to, <laughs> oh, a wait, there's one thing. Oh, oh, there you go. Where is it? Um, the, the, oh, Ah, here it is. I'm sorry to say it so loudly. Uh, verse 37, um, and this is Jesus speaking. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. Mm -hmm. No one knows where that comes from. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> so it was somewhere in the popular culture or in rabbinical teachings or yeah. who knows what. But even I imagine there were a lot of idioms uh, yeah. uh, and, and, and things uh, that were just culturally yeah. present. Like we always want to we, we want it to tie back to like, oh, as the prophet Isaiah, right. Isaiah says or, you know, something like that. Sometimes it was just like, no, that was just a phrase. Yeah, everyone <laughs> knew it. So right. I used it. <laughs> One sows, the other reaps. You know, yeah, because, you know, this guy's really good at that. And, you know, mm -hmm. this person's really good at that. And. <laughs> You know, for whatever reason, can't handle the, you know, yeah. the threshing sickle or whatever. Well, you look at um, relatively modern far farming techniques where often it's children who do planting. Yeah. And it has to be adults who do the harvest because they're more responsible about handling the fruit or the grain or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Scattering seeds sometimes can yeah. be easy. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, determining what portion of the plant needs to be kept and yeah. when to harvest it requires determination so that makes yeah. sense so yeah. we can play with that all we want but it it is not um like you say it's not from isaiah it's not from a psalm okay not, not from anywhere else in the bible very good well with that i think we'll call to a close this year podcast for march 12th 2023 the third sunday in lent in year a uh, as always we have uh lots of things going on at the church so visit our website at holyfamilyfishers.org uh you can reach out to us and contact us uh, via an email at shortcut at hfec.org uh and our uh our Services this Sunday are 8 and 10 in person with a 9 o'clock educational hour in between. And our 10 o'clock service will be broadcast live on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos. Uh, link to that is also on our website. And until next week, I'm Ben. I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.